Welcome to Life Church Hurley's audio podcast. We hope this teaching will challenge you in any season of life you may be in. Thank you for joining us. We hope you'll enjoy. Well, good morning. I'm going to tell you, you're going to hear the best sermon you've ever heard in the past six months, a year, or whatever. I am not preaching this morning. Thank you, Jesus. You know. Everybody, everybody, uh... I tell you, I walked in, I was so relaxed. I was like, man, this is nice. Walking around, I didn't have a care in the world. I was, you know, eating cookies and all the stuff I never do, you know, it's crazy. So, uh, This morning we have Mr. Bill, I'll introduce him in just a minute. The ladies are at the ladies' retreat. And uh, man, some of you guys look exhausted. So, uh, I heard, the ladies' retreat is always phenomenal, but I heard this is one of the best they've ever had. Uh, the move of God, uh, you know, wasn't just a weekend retreat. By the way, you know, I understand, but guys don't retreat. Anyhow, so uh, I just heard the move of God and what, what God did this weekend and how long it's going to last and, and carry through. It's just going to be life-changing, and it's going to change our church, Life Church, Life Church Mobile, Hurley. Uh, so we're, we're very thankful for the investment that people make in us and um, all the hard work that goes into something like that for people to experience God in a different way. Amen. So when your wife comes home, uh, you know, if, if she's still there, then she should be home just after church sometime, maybe two or three o'clock, something like that. Love on her, maybe clean the house before she gets home, you know. Uh, stop at the store, buy her some flowers. Look, pamper her real nice. And then the women who didn't go to the retreat this year, they'll think, I should probably go to the retreat next year. That way my husband treats me like that. So anyhow, good stuff. But it was, it was an awesome weekend. So um, very thankful to God. Uh, now, Mr. Bill Hughes, I've met twice, maybe. Two or three times, something like that. Three times. Um, they are missionaries to Asia, and I'll let you tell him. I'll let him tell you all about it. But the the time I met him, the first time I met him, his countenance, uh, Bill and Julie, they're both their countenance is so precious and so sweet, and you can just sense the stability of what God has done over a long, long time in their life. So I asked Bill last time he was at church a few weeks ago, I said, would you please do us the honor of coming and sharing and, and speaking on a Sunday morning? He said, yeah, and we figured out a date, and so he's here with us this morning. So church, will you please welcome Mr. Bill Hughes. Oh, wow. Praise God. Oh, it's so good to be here with you. And uh, I don't know about the best sermon you've heard in six months, but I'm sure that won't be the case. But <clears throat> I am so happy to be able to be here and share with you guys. Uh, let me introduce Julie to you too. Julie, would you stand up? This is my lovely wife. <laughs> Hallelujah. And yes, we are, we are uh, familiar with this area. We've been coming here for a long time, <clears throat> for many years, and uh, as far as this, this part of the country I'm actually more from Pensacola area over there. Grew up in that area more. But uh, God called us to, to be a missionary. Actually, when we were just young, uh, my wife was just like six or seven years old. 
her mother was reading her missionary stories every night before she go to bed. And so one night she was reading one of those stories and Julie wanted to become a missionary, but her mother said, well, you got to get saved first. And so she received Jesus and along with her call to be a missionary. And then I was called when I was very young, about 13 years old, felt God calling me to go to Asia as well. So it was, I won't tell you all the things about all, how we got there, and, <clears throat> but God's called us there and we just love being with Thai people. We're in Thailand. Okay, and can everybody say Thailand? Thailand. Not Taiwan, Thailand, <laughs> okay? <laughs> and uh, we work with, right now, we've been there for about 30 years, but now we're particularly working with uh, rural uh, farmers uh, in their villages. Uh, you know, they're more subsistent farmers, you know, don't have very big property, but they, you know, have to live off the land. It's real labor-intensive. Uh, all of them are Buddhist background people. And we wanted to see as many of them as we could come to know Jesus and love the Lord like we did. And it was how we started working with them. Before that, we were working really in the city. But we had a, a lady come to help us. We had four children, and we needed somebody to help with the housework. My wife was homeschooling. And so this lady with, from one of the villages came to work for us. And she didn't know the Lord, but she was watching us and interested and uh, God began to do things and began to touch her and give her a hunger to know about Jesus. And so one day she asked Julie, said, can your God heal? And Julie said, yes. And she had a relative that was very ill, and she wanted Julie to go pray for her. And it was quite a distance away, and Julie said, well, we can't go and pray for her, but you can pray for her. Uh, if you know the Lord, you receive Jesus. <laughs> and so she began to share the gospel with her, shared about the love of Jesus and who Jesus was and how he died on the cross and his sins, her sins could be washed away by the blood of Jesus. And uh, when she said that about the blood of Jesus, she said, I believe that, which is amazing for a Buddhist. Uh, that, and, uh, you know, it's like God had been working in her heart and she opened up her heart and received the Lord and... Uh, began to have a real burden to pray for people. One of those people was her husband. Her husband was very sick. He had several diseases, and everybody thought he was going to die soon. Every day when she came to work, she would just prepare his food and put it on this kind of a bamboo mat table that he laid down on. He just sat there all day long, couldn't do anything. And uh, <clears throat> so she wanted us to pray for her husband. So we went out and prayed for him. And uh, on the second time, the body there prayed for her, for him. <clears throat> that night, he just felt a fire burning in his side of him all night long. And he had a dream. <clears throat> he had a dream. And he had this suit of armor on, and he was fighting these demons all night long. <clears throat> and then uh, the next day, he woke up, and he was feeling great. He hadn't been able to go anywhere. He went got up and he walked to his field to, to get some fish out of the pond, and he totally recovered. <laughs> and uh, so when he recovered, the people in the village were like, what happened to you? And so they began to say, well, they, these people prayed for us in Jesus' name, and I was healed. And so that began to create a hunger to know about Jesus, because there's a lot of sickness, a lot of problems uh, in the village. And so that was the beginning. <laughs> And so the Lord began to expand, and more and more people have come to Jesus, really because of the 
because of the healing of Jesus. Hallelujah. How many of you have ever been healed by Jesus? I mean, it's a good thing, right? Hallelujah. It's a beautiful thing. And, uh, and so that's what we do is we're trying to help people come to know Jesus, love Jesus. And we don't, we're not having like a big, big church. It's every little village we can. We try to plant a group of people that are following Jesus together and help them to be able to reach their people. One of the people that that particular lady uh, began to disciple is her name, Messiah. And right before we came back, I, always, I want to tell you this story because it illustrates the faith. She, was, uh, she's, she has experienced the Lord's presence in her life in some real ways with some miracles and stuff. And one day, one of her uncles, he's an older guy, about seven, in the 70s, 75 or so, was having a lot of pain in his shoulders and his neck. And he said, can you give me a massage? You know, Jeff, massages in Thailand. <clears throat> you know, <laughs> it's like in Thailand, the solution to every sickness is a massage. And so she began, she said, sure. And he sat down on the chair and she began to massage him. And then uh, he died while she was massaging him. His eyes rolled back in his head. He stopped breathing. And he wouldn't wake up. She's trying to get him to respond. He wouldn't respond. His wife's in the room. The guy's wife's in the room. She starts freaking out. And, uh, but then Miss I, her name's Sai, she, she said, wow, uh, I can't let him die. Everybody's going to think I killed him. And so she, she grabbed him by the mouth, and she said, in the name of Jesus, come back alive. You spirit of death. She began to rebuke the devil, and she began to pray him back to life. And he just uh, woke up. Hallelujah. And uh, he said, what happened? <laughs> she said, you died. No, you died, and Jesus raised you from the dead. He said, well, I always wanted to be a Christian. <laughs> I didn't know how. <laughs> so she brought him to our next meeting, and, and uh, we baptized him. And he was very happy to become a follower of Jesus. Hallelujah. So uh, that's, the kind of, that's the kind of thing that we try to do. We try to just bring the life and the reality of Jesus to a people who don't know him. And you know, We just feel a call to go to play, a place that where there are not very many believers. You know, where we're at in, in Isan, it's the northeast part. Most of the people, are, I mean, all the people are Buddhist. And there's a very tiny percentage of Christians uh, in that part of the, of the nation, all over the nation, really, but in that area particularly. So we love being there, but I'm not just going to talk about Thailand today. I want to share the word with you. Is that okay? Amen. Hallelujah. And I feel like it's the Lord that's leading me to speak about this. <clears throat> A few days ago, a few weeks ago, Julie got this word, courage, courage. God was speaking to her about courage. And then last week I was in another church, and they spoke about courage. And as I began to think about today, I just feel like God wanted, wants to just encourage you to have courage today. Is that all right? Uh, you all need it. And we're going to need it more and more as days go as the time goes by, we're going to need God's courage more and more. Uh, and to talk about courage, you've got to go to Joshua 1, right? Let's go there. Joshua 1, start with that. <clears throat> you know, I know some people are just naturally courageous. It just seems. 
you know, they're, they're just wired, you know, doesn't, you know, just physically they're very courageous people and they thrive. I, I have a son like that. He just thrives on, on uh, risk, you know, and they just love to risk, okay? Some people can climb, you know, scale the side of a mountain with no ropes and some people they're afraid when they get to, you know, on a stepladder, <clears throat> You know, it's just, you know, we're wired differently. And so it's not a, necessarily a spiritual thing. If you have problems with anxiety and fear, I mean, we all, there people made different. But we all need courage, you know, <laughs> to face life, to face the problems we have, and just the courage to be the kind of people that God wants us to be. It takes courage. So you remember the story. I, I know you guys are word people. You know the scripture but you remember the, remember the story of Joshua and how Moses had died. And I'll just, let's just read it there in chapter 1. And I'm reading from the Christian Standard Bible. <clears throat> Maybe a little different than what you've got. But anyway, the first verse. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, who had served Moses. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now you and all the people prepare to cross over the Jordan to the land I am giving the Israelites. I have given you every place where the sole of your foot treads, just as I promised Moses. Every, your territory will be from the wilderness in Lebanon to the great Euphrates River, all the land of the Hittites, and west to the Mediterranean Sea. No one will be able to stand against you. As long as you live, I will be with you. Just as I was with Moses, I will not leave you or forsake you. Wow, what a promise. You know, he... I'm sure uh, Joshua was, was feeling a little anxiety, don't you think? I mean, Moses is dead, and he's been following Moses. He's seen all the stuff Moses went through dealing with those Israelites. <laughs> you know, and even Moses, you know, in the finally just got so frustrated, he struck the rock, and he couldn't go into the promised land because it was <laughs> as good as Moses was. And so, but the responsibility had fallen on Joshua to become the leader, and I'm sure he felt somewhat nervous, to say the least. But God comes to him, and he wants to encourage him, and he gives him these promises. I'm going to give you this land. It's yours already. You just got to take it, and I'm never going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. As long as you live, nobody's going to be able to stand against you. But there was this one proviso, he said here in verse 4. Be strong and courageous, for you will distribute the land I swore to their fathers to give them as an inheritance. Above all, be strong and very courageous to carefully observe the whole instruction my servant Moses commanded. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you will have success wherever you go. This book of instruction will not depart from your mouth here it says you are to recite it day and night. You're to meditate on it. You just come to, it's all in your mouth. You're thinking and you're speaking it out so that you may carefully observe everything written in it for then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. Haven't I commanded you the third time? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Hallelujah. Amen. No. Be strong, brothers and sisters, and very courageous. Why did God have to say that to Joshua? Because <laughs> he's going to need it. 
<laughs> he knew that he was going to be facing giants. He's going to be facing armies that were bigger than them. They were going to have to take down cities that had walls around them. And there was going to be all kinds of problems. And for him to succeed in what he had to do, he was need, going to have to be strong. He was going to have to be steadfast. He was going to have to be unshakable. He was going to have to be solid. And he was ha- going to have to have a lot of courage to face the things that were in front of him. And we are going to need the same thing, brothers and sisters, if we're going to faithfully follow the Lord. We have to be strong. We can't be wishy-washy. We can't be up and down. We can't be inconsistent. We need to be steadfast in our faith, in our walk with God, in our confidence in the Lord. And we can't give way to fear. One of my great heroes in the Bible that was so courageous was the Apostle Paul. How many of you like Paul? How many of you want to be like Paul? (laughs) I don't know if I want to be exactly like Paul. Hallelujah. I don't want to go through the things Paul went through. <clears throat> but one thing you see through the life of Paul, I, let's, just, let's go to Ephesians 6, is he encourages us to be bold and courageous because he himself had to be bold and courageous. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10, when he's talking to the Ephesians, he's, he's, he's uh, winding down this letter of encouragement to the body there. He says, finally... And this says, be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength. Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Receive strength from God. God has a vast supply of strength for you. He's telling the Ephesian people. And he wants to tell us today, be strengthened. Receive strength. Receive strength from the Lord. He has a vast supply for you. He's not running short on strength for you today. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the tactics of the devil. For our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the world powers of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavens. This is why you must take up your full armor of God so that you'll be able to resist in the evil day. And having prepared everything to take your stand, stand therefore, okay? Stand therefore. We have a battle. We're in a battle, just like Joshua was in a battle for his life. But our battle is not a physical battle. Our battle is a spiritual battle. We have an enemy, and he's the devil, all right? I don't know if you believe in the devil or not, but he's there whether you believe him or not. (laughs) And his minions, okay? And their goal for you is to take you down. Their goal for you is either destroy you or to distract you or make you ineffective or full of doubt and unbelief, to make you turn away from the Lord and lose faith in God. You, you know, it's, that's, that's his, his, his desire for every one of us, and we have to be aware he's really there and he's really out for us, all right? And so we need to be strong because we can win. But if we aren't strong <laughs> and we give way to fear, we open up opportunities for the devil to defeat us, Right? Paul, and the thing I like about Paul, Paul, here he tells us what we need to do to fight against the devil. And I know you guys have heard this a thousand times, but let's just go over it again. Put on your armor, brothers and sisters. Did you put on your armor yet today? Hallelujah. Put on that belt of truth, the truth of the gospel, the truth that God is with us, the truth that he loves you, the truth that he's alive in you, the truth that he's never going to leave you, he's never going to forsake you. 
Fasten that belt of truth in your thinking. Put on your armor, your, the righteousness of Jesus Christ. That we, even though, yes, we have sin, and we probably blow it every day in some way, but by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, we can, be, we can declare that we have the righteousness of God. Yes. Hallelujah. Are you righteous today? If you're believing in the Lord Jesus, you're righteous, right? He's, his righteousness is your righteousness. We need to, you know, not allow the spirit of condemnation to get us off track. Your feet sandaled with readiness for the gospel of peace. I had a friend who used to say, I, I, keep, I keep ready to keep from having to get ready. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> and we need to stay ready, stay alert, because we do have an enemy. In every situation, take that shield of faith. That you will, you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. What are the flaming arrows of the evil one? Well, a lot of times it's the thoughts the devil shoots at you. You know, thoughts of unbelief, bad thoughts, evil thoughts, lustful thoughts, fearful thoughts. And enemies just shoot at you and say, Why, where did that come from? I, I, didn't, I didn't think, I, why did I think that? <clears throat> That's a flaming arrow. How do, we, how do we stop those flaming arrows? We, we take up our shield of faith. Our shield of faith. God's bigger than this. I am who God says I am. God's going to do what he said he's going to do. And then the helmet of salvation. I know I'm saved. I know I'm going to be saved. And I know I'm being saved. And the sword of the spirit, the word of God. But this is what I'm going to say. Praying at all times in the spirit with every prayer request. Stay alert with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. And this is interesting to me. Pray also for me that the message may be given me when I open my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. For this, I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I might be bold enough to, to him to speak as I should. Pray that I might be bold. Now, that Paul would ask for pray for boldness is amazing to me. <clears throat> because he seems, I mean, I think of him as the most bold person of, I can imagine, all right? But he's saying, I need more boldness, brothers and sisters. Pray for me <laughs> that I won't lose courage, that I will be able to stand firm in the Lord. And that I will be courageous for Jesus. And he had to start being courageous from day one. You remember his story, how he got saved, got knocked off, knocked to the ground by Jesus. And Jesus said, I'm going to, you're going to be an apostle for me and I'm going to send you all the people. And, and you know, he, he goes down to Damascus. Let's look there in, in Luke, in Acts chapter 20. We start working towards that. Acts chapter 20. And... Uh, He's gone down to Damascus, and uh, he's, after Ananias prays for him, and he starts to be able to see, and he can speak again. He gets filled with the Holy Spirit, speaks in tongues. He begins to preach Jesus right away. <clears throat> and what happens? Those guys that were used to be his buddies, his friends, that were fellow persecutors with him, became angry, and they decided, we got to do away with him. <laughs> we got to kill him. And, you know, they had to sneak him out of town in a basket, so he had to be bold, like, you know, he'd only gone through discipleship 101. You know, he was just coming to Jesus, and he, right away, his people are threatening to kill him, all right? And, in, and so he, you know, as he begins to follow Jesus, he has to be bold. He has to be courageous. And then I like, I want us to notice what some of the things that he said here in Acts chapter uh, 20. 
And this is with the Ephesian elders. Remember what we just read in Ephesians. And this is before he wrote this book. And uh, he talks about his, his experience with them and what he had done with them. And, but then he, here he's saying, and I guess we'll just I have so many scriptures, I'll just skip 20, 70 down to 22. And he says, now I am on my way to Jerusalem. He's talking to the elders, the leaders of the Ephesian church. And he says, I am bound in my spirit, not knowing what I will encounter there, except that in town after town, the Holy Spirit testifies to me that chains and affliction are waiting for me. But I count my life of no value to myself so that I may finish my course and the ministry I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the, to the gospel of God's grace. Now, I, you know, a lot of people criticize Paul for going down to Jerusalem. I mean, didn't the prophets warn him not to go down to Jerusalem? Right? Uh, but here he says, the Holy Spirit is letting me know that that's going to wait me. But he says, I am bound in my spirit. It's like he had a word from the Lord. And it's like the Holy Spirit had told him to go to Jerusalem. And these prophets, you know, they were, I'm sure they were legitimate prophets. They were hearing something from the Lord. They were seeing Paul getting tied up, sawing him getting beaten, thrown in jail. And so they naturally think, God doesn't want you to go, Paul. You know, the Lord's warning you so you won't go down there. But I don't think that's, I don't, I think what it is, they just kind of put their own ideas at the end of that. God was showing them what was happening, but, but God had put it in Paul's heart to go. See, I, and Paul, I think he was, the Lord just getting him ready, right? Getting him ready for what was ahead. Give him a heads up. This is coming. And Paul he goes. Crazy guy. He goes ahead and goes. Right? Because he was led by the Spirit. He was bound by the Spirit. And even though he knew, he knew there wasn't anything good waiting for him down there. But he knew that God had called him to go down there. And so he went. That's courage. Okay? He went right into the mouth of the lion. He went right into the, the thing that most people would be totally afraid of. But he had courage from the Holy Spirit of God to go down there. Over on the, uh, just one page over, in uh, 21, verse 10. He's right before he goes down to Jerusalem. While they were staying there many days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. He came to us, took Paul's belt, tied his own feet and hands and said, This is what the Holy Spirit says. In this way, the Jews in Jerusalem will bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into Gentile hands. When they, we heard this, both we and the local people begged him, don't go to Jerusalem. Because they loved Paul. But then Paul replied, what are you doing weeping and breaking my heart? <clears throat> For I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. Since he would not be persuaded, we stopped talking and simply said, the Lord's will be done. <clears throat> so, I think this is one of the secrets of Paul's courage. And I think it's very important for us if we want to be courageous people. Uh, he, had, he had given it all to Jesus. He says, I'm willing to die. 
I'm not, I'm not ready not, not just to go to prison. I'm ready to die for Jesus. Right? And I, to me, I think that's one of the reasons we lose our courage is because we really haven't, we really haven't given it all to the Lord. You know, I think that's something we have to do continually. It's not just something we do when we get saved, but just it's a matter of who, how we live from day to day. There is a daily laying our life down before the Lord. And once, once we've died already, Paul, in a, in a sense, had already died. He said, I, on some places, I die every day. I die every day. I mean, he was under danger every day of being killed. Okay, people wanted to kill him. And he said, I'm, just, I'm, I'm a dead man. I'm a walking dead man. <sighs> because he had laid it all down to follow Jesus. And because he would already laid that down, he was able to come into the most terrifying situations and face them with courage and victory. Um, I think that's the key. I think... If we want to be courageous in the Lord and strong in the Lord, we have to come to the place in our life where we say, Lord, you know, I'm yours. I belong to you. Everything I am is yours. My future is yours. My life's yours. My, I'm yours. Total surrender. That's the way to be courageous. Maybe you don't want to be that courageous. <laughs> Revelation 12, 11. How do they overcome? Blood of the Lamb. Word of their testimony. And then that number three is what gets us. Love not their life to the death. And, I, you know, I, so much of what we hear and what we preach and what we hear so many times a day, you know, it's how we can have a, a better life, how we can have a more comfortable life, how we can have more fulfilling life but really they, uh, I don't know how much that's really priority I think the priority is we lose it our willingness to lose it and lay it down hallelujah that's such a popular message I know you guys are so warm hearted that I'm telling you this today <laughs> But, I'm, but I'm, I'm, I believe I have to tell you the truth, all right? And the truth is, in this day, and I think if we want to really fulfill God's will for our lives, we have to live this surrendered life. And I really believe that's the abundant life. Hallelujah. In, later on, let's look in chapter 27 of Acts. Hallelujah. Or maybe 20, let's see, 23. 23, yeah. This life of Paul. You remember, he does go down to Jerusalem. And, you know, they arrest him. You remember, it's so funny to me, that story. When he goes down and he's in the temple, and they, they, they begin to riot. They grab him, and they're beating him. They're, they're doing just like Agabus said. They're taking off his coat, tying, tying him up, and they're just trying to kill him right there in the temple. And just in time, the soldiers come. And they break it up, and they, they put put Paul in his, on their shoulders and they start carrying him out of the temple. You know, and the people are still trying to get at him. They're trying to grab him and pull him off. And, and Paul turns to the commander and he says, would you give me permission to say a word? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's the last thing I'd be saying. 
I said, Lord, I mean, I said, I said get me out of here as fast as you can. <laughs> and he gets up, he preaches the gospel, and they get mad at him again. <clears throat> and then the next day, the commander takes him down to, the, to meet with the spiritual leaders, and they get mad at him again. And they're trying to tear him apart. But the commander said, I was afraid they were going to tear him in pieces, so he had to go down there and get him out. I think I would be a little nervous. I think I'd be terrified. And I think Paul, I mean, he was human, okay? And I think he was, he had to deal with fear and discouragement. After all that, it's like, man, what's going to happen to me? But in, but in 20, verse, chapter 23, verse 11, it says, The following night, after this has happened, the Lord stood by him and said, Have courage. Have courage, Paul. Don't give way to fear. Don't give way to fear. For as you have testified about me in Jerusalem, so you must also testify in Rome. I think this is another key there to Paul's courage. Paul had a deep sense of purpose and a calling in his life. And here the Lord is telling me, you can't die yet, Paul. I'm not going to let you die yet. They're not going to be able to kill you just yet because you've got to go down to Rome. And uh, brothers and sisters, I think courage comes from a sense of purpose. You know, I believe every Christian needs to live with a deep sense of purpose. That you're here for a reason. You know, your life's not an accident and you're not gone yet because God wants you to be here. And he has things he wants to do through you to glorify his name. Yeah. And we, and once we are, our, our life is like geared on that. I'm, our focus is I'm living to fulfill God's purpose for my life. I'm here to live for the glory of God. And whatever he's calling me to do, I'm going to do it. I'm living for his pleasure. I'm living for his glory. I'm here for him. Yeah. And when we have that sense of purpose, the Holy Spirit puts grace in us. He puts strength in us. He puts his power in us to live. And I think the person is just living for just this life, living to get all he can and can all he gets, it's hard for that person to be courageous for the king. Because something he has, he might lose it. Hallelujah. Let's look over few chapters. You remember what happened? Paul goes, has to go, they, they, he has to go up to be before these other kings, Agrippa and Festus and those other guys. And he's in prison, you know, for a couple of years. He gets to testify, but, you know, I'm sure he's, finally he appeals to Caesar and it looks like he actually is going to go to Rome and talk to Caesar. Caesar, you know who Caesar was at that time? Nero. Hallelujah. If you don't know much about Nero, Nero was nuts. Nero was demon-possessed. He was like the worst Roman emperor. I mean, he was gross. If you know anything about the history, that's who Paul was going to go talk to and preach the gospel to. Anyway, finally he gets on the ship with 275 other people. This little ship. And on the way to Rome, what happens? Storm. 
typhoon hits the boat. And they're bobbing, bobbing up and down in the sea. And it's scary. They, they, even the sailors think they're going to die. Everybody thinks they're going to drown because they have had to throw away their tackle and the wind is just blowing them. They have no idea where they're at. And the Bible here, I, let, let me just read this here. In, uh, where is that? Verse 20, I think. For many days, neither sun nor stars appeared, and the severe storm kept raging. Finally, all hope that we would be saved was disappearing. Since many were going without food, Paul stood up among them and said, You men should have followed my advice not to sail from Crete and sustain this damage and loss. Don't you love that? I told you so. <laughs> Uh, I, I, but I think Paul was saying this not to get their goat, but uh, to prepare them that they could believe what he says. I, I told you this was going to happen. Now I urge you. What does he say? Take courage. I mean, you could, I'm sure the fear in that boat was palpable. You know, everybody thought they were going down. But Paul, this prisoner Paul, okay, he's not the commander, he's not the one that's driving the boat, he's not the head sailor, he's not the Roman, he's not, he has no authority, he has no power, but he has the word of the Lord. And he tells them, everybody, don't be afraid, be courageous. He says, why can he say that for this night, an angel of I like this the way his phrases this. Of the God I belong to. Hallelujah. The angel of the God I belong to. I've given my life to him. And his angel came to visit me. The God I belong to and I serve. He came and he stood right by me. And he said, don't be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar. <laughs> Hallelujah. And look. God has graciously given you all those who are sailing with you. Therefore, take courage, men, because I believe, God, that it will be just the way it was told to me. Yes. Hallelujah. All right. Okay. He belonged to the Lord. He totally surrendered. He knew his life was in God's hands. He wasn't running from God. He was running with God. Hallelujah. And he knew the call of God was on his life, and he was living for the purposes of God. Hallelujah. And then God comes. Hallelujah. Isn't God so good to do that? In these times of crisis, the time when you just need a word from the Lord, how the Lord will just come and give you a word of encouragement. Isn't that good? Hallelujah. Maybe it's a dream. Maybe it's a vision. Maybe it's a prophetic thing. Maybe it's a telephone call. Hallelujah. One of our ladies, Mepai, she had an honorary husband. She got saved. <laughs> Her husband was really a rough guy. And I think, I, don't, I think the story was they were riding on a... <clears throat> Their little motorcycle thing. They got a big argument, and he kicked her off, and she's standing beside the road, really discouraged. <laughs> and uh, her phone rings. And uh, she answers the phone. And it's, uh, it's, uh, it's Megan. It's a sister in the church. And she thinks Megan's going to speak to her, and she's crying. And uh, the voice says, it's a man. It's not a woman. He says, my child, be, be, uh, what does he say? Endure. It's, it's going to be okay. I'm going to be with you. 
That was it. There's a man. She hangs up the phone, calls God, because the number that was on the phone. She said, you call me? No. <laughs> Hallelujah. So God gives phone calls sometimes. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> and she was greatly encouraged. And the Lord has been with Nepi all these years. And it's touched her husband, too. God changed. Praise God. God is so good to give us these encounters. When we're, when we're walking in His purposes, and we're walking in His will, and we really need a word from the Lord. Yeah. Isn't it good yeah. that God can speak to us? Yeah. And, but when He does speak to us, brothers and sisters, don't say, well, what a coincidence. What a strange thing. Say, I believe the word of the Lord. Amen. <laughs> See, I mean, that's where faith is, 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 is settled on. When we hear the word of the Lord and we believe the word of the Lord. What God tells us, we take it to heart. That's the secret of courage. I mean, you can study the Bible from day, daylight to day, dawn, day in or whatever. You could memorize the whole book like the Pharisees memorize the first five books of the Pentateuch. But if you don't believe it, if you don't believe what God says to you, if you don't take it to heart and say, I'm going to take that and I'm going to bank on it, I'm going to believe it, it's not going to do you a one bit of good. Amen, Brother Bill. That's a good word, Brother Bill. Hallelujah. That's so true. <laughs> You know, that's what God told Joshua. You know, Joshua said, you got to remember, meditate on this word day and night, keep it in your mouth, keep speaking my word. And I'm sure, you know, that promise God gave Joshua, I mean, when he was facing these enemies, he would remember. God said, they're not going to be able to stand before me. God said, I'm go he's going to give me this land. God says, I don't need to be afraid. Hallelujah. Because he's going to be right beside me and he's never going to leave me and he's never going to forsake me. Hallelujah. He spoke those words. He reminded himself. And he kept it right in the forefront of his thinking all the time. The promises, the truths, the reality of God. That God is... Brothers and sisters, we need to do that. When we are doing this, we can be very courageous. We, we, we become cowardly and fearful when we forget the promises of God. We forget the goodness of God. We forget all the things He's done for us in the past. And fear comes in like a flood and we... You know, we don't overcome. Hallelujah. Is that good or what? Hallelujah. Let's let, let the word of the Lord be strong in you. I like the thing about here, too, that what happened here was, you know, Paul, he's the only one in there that has any courage, I'm sure. Everybody else is totally afraid. But when the word of the Lord came, you know, he just inspired others to have courage, right? If you read right over on the few verses over, verse 33 of chapter 27. When it was about daylight, Paul urged them all to take food, saying, today is the 14th day that you have been waiting and going without food, having eaten nothing. Eaten nothing because they were just too scared to eat. Therefore, I urge you to take some food for this has to do with your survival. Since none of you will lose, I mean, here he's speaking the word of the Lord. None of you will lose a hair from your head. After he said these things, he had taken some bread, 
He gave thanks to God in the presence of them all. And when he broke it, he began to eat. And they all became encouraged and took food themselves. All right? Now, I don't think when he gave thanks, it was just, thank you, Jesus, for this bread. Right? He took the bread, and I think he just had a praise meeting right there. Thank you, dear God, that you promised us that you're going to take care of us. Thank you, dear Lord, that you've said that none of us are going to die. Thank you, dear God, that you're the God of the storms and you're able to take us through this storm. You know, it's interesting. Paul didn't rebuke that storm and God didn't take away the storm. But God took Paul right through that storm. Hallelujah. And you may be going through some big storms. And why, why is God letting there be, why is he letting this storm in my life? He just wants to take you through it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, God. And so he gave thanks. He began to praise. He began to worship. He began to give glory to God right there in front of all those people. Then he took the bread and everybody else where it's encouraged. Right? One person, just one person with courage can inspire a whole mass of people to be courageous. Right? Just one person saying, I believe God. I, you know, I, all this bad stuff coming through. I don't know about all that I'm hearing, but I believe God. I believe God. I believe God. I'm going to trust in God. Hallelujah. I hope you are believing God today. I know you are. Hallelujah. Whatever thing is in your life right now that's got you feeling nervous, anxious, making you wake up at night, you know, believe God. Mind yourselves the promises of God. You know, sometimes I, sometimes I wake up thinking about stuff and I, I'm afraid of stuff that might happen. It didn't used to happen when I was a young man, but now that I'm getting older, I've got, I wake up more often with fearful thoughts. And I just remind myself, I just begin to remind myself of the Word of God, the promises of God, the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God. Hallelujah. You know, all those, so many of those things we're so afraid of are never going to happen anyway. We, we're afraid of, 99% of the things we're afraid of and worried about aren't ever going to happen. Hallelujah. <laughs> so be strong. Be courageous. Be strong. Be courageous. Can you turn to your neighbor and say, be strong. Be courageous. Be strong. Be courageous. Hallelujah. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I want to end with this little thing too, what happened at the end of Paul's life. Hallelujah. Um, in 2 Timothy chapter 4. You know, 2 Timothy, in 2 Timothy we have the last written words of Paul. Paul knew at this point when he wrote the book of 2 Timothy that he was going to be executed. You know, he knew it was coming. The end was coming. And he was writing this letter to encourage his, his protege, his young son in the Lord, Timothy. And, you know, he, he writes, I, I, there's a couple of things. And first, it's interesting to me that he says this in this book. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, he says, Therefore I remind you to keep ablaze the gift of God that is in you through the laying on of my hands. Brothers and sisters, you have gifts from God. Keep them ablaze. Don't let them die out. 
For God has not given us a spirit of fearfulness. Paul knows he's going to have his head chopped off before long. He said, but God hasn't given us a spirit of fearfulness. But he's given us a spirit of power and a spirit of love. And here it says of sound judgment. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is not wanting to make you afraid. The Holy Spirit doesn't come to bring fear into your life. The Holy Spirit comes to, be, to bring courage to you. The Holy Spirit is a spirit of power. And His power is in us. His power is with us. His Holy Spirit is a spirit of love. And you know what? Love casts out fear, right? When we are full of the love of God and love for other people, love drives out all the fear in our life. We know God loves us. We don't have to be afraid of anything. Hallelujah. And we can have a sound judgment too. We don't have to be making stupid decisions because we're afraid. But then in the last part there, in verse, chapter 4, verse 16, I love this part. And my first defense, when he stood before Nero this time, this is the second time, I, I, no one stood with, by me, but everyone deserted me. May it not be counted against them. Praise God. But the Lord stood with me. <laughs> the Lord stood with me. There wasn't anybody else there, but God was there. Brothers and sisters, you're doing the will of God. You're walking with God. You, you're following the Spirit. You're, learning, you're doing what Jesus tells you to do. It doesn't really matter. I mean, it's good to have friends around. It's good to have people around to support you. But the big thing you want is the Lord to be there. So that the proclamation may be, full, may be fully made through me and all the Gentiles might hear. Then he said, I was rescued from the lion's mouth. Now what does he mean, the lion's mouth? He's talking about the lion's den. Are they going to throw him in to be eaten by the lions like they were doing to others? But I, I think, I, as I'm just, just thinking about that, you know, the Bible says the devil Roars about like goes about like a roaring lion. Well, he has a big mouth, seeking whom he may devour. And I think the lion's mouth here is the is is the is the spirit of fear. Said God rescued me from the spirit of fear. He stood before Nero, and even though he knew Nero was going to execute him, he spoke the truth. He spoke the gospel, and he was not overcome by fear. God rescued me from the lion's mouth. Brothers and sisters, may God rescue you from the lion's mouth that the enemy of fear will not be able to devour you. The Lord will rescue me from every evil work and will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. I think, you know, Paul had, he had that, he, he had an eternal perspective. He's done. I'm done. Hallelujah. I'm out of here. I'm, I'm being rescued. <laughs> I'm going to the eternal kingdom. Courage for the believer, courage to obey, courage to do the will of God in all situations. It's really grounded in that. You have to think long term. You have to think eternal. This, this life's going to be gone, okay, before you know it, all right? 
So what are we going to do with what little bit of time we have? Let's live for the kingdom of God. Let's live for the glory of God. Let's live for the purposes of God. And we will be received into Jesus' beautiful, eternal kingdom. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's just, let's just wait on the Lord here a moment. Hallelujah. Just, Lord, just thank you. Hallelujah, Lord. Lord, I just pray that you would give all of us, and me included, Lord, courage from you. That we would have courage to face whatever we need to face. Lord, we, hallelujah. You know, fear, you know, courage is not that you don't ever feel afraid. Courage is you do what God tells you to do even though you feel afraid. Right? Courage is saying, I'm going to do the God's will even though I may be shaking in my boots. I'm going to do what the Lord told me to do. I'm going to walk with God. I'm going to follow God. I'm going to stand for God. I'm going to love God. I'm going to be the person that God's called me to be. That's courage. Lord Jesus, give us grace out of your abundant strong, your abundant storehouse of grace to be the kind of people that you called us to be. To be bold. To be bold. To be bold. Not to be obnoxious, not to be rude, not to be ugly, but to be bold, to be like you. Bold to be full of love. Bold to forgive. Bold to be patient. Bold to be kind when everybody else around us is not being kind. Bold to be like Jesus, Lord. I pray for your courage to give grace to us to be the kind of people you called us to be. Hallelujah. Thank you. Holy Spirit of God, let your grace come on us now. Let your presence come on us now. Let your confidence come on us now. Your courage come on us now. That we will not be a people shaken by anything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, we will not be shaken. I will not be shaken. We have built our life on your love, Lord. So we won't be shaken. Hallelujah. 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 We are building our life on your presence, your power, and on your, your great goodness, Lord. So we don't have to be shaken by anything.
share a little bit about this song. Uh, my, my grandson was in California, because they live in California, Redding, California. And my, my daughter's married with, to a brother, and her grandson, Jackson, was... <laughs> you know, he'd, he'd gotten something, and it looked like he was dead. He was going to be gone. They couldn't figure out what it was. And uh, just in their lowest point, the brother who wrote this song came to Joel. So I got a song. It was this song. Yeah. Hallelujah. He says, the Lord has given me this song to sing. And I remember Joel had, had it on the song phone, and he brought it, brought it to us to listen to. We were there. We happened to be there at the hospital during the time. And uh, hallelujah. 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 And you know, God raised Jackson up. Hallelujah. He's healthy, strong, normal kid today. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen, no? Amen. Hallelujah. hallelujah. So no matter what the devil's shouting at you today, raise a hallelujah. hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Amen, Stephen. Let me just give you. Sin 
Paul had to keep praying for more courage and more courage and more courage because his name was Paul. Which meant everywhere he went, there were higher expectations of who this guy Paul was. As soon as they found out that this is the Paul that they keep hearing about, 
Paul realized that the standard of what those people expected was higher and higher. And they realized these people are expecting me. These people are prepared to hurt me. These people are prepared to kill me. And he had to keep asking for more and more courage. I'm going to tell you two quick stories. The other day I walked into a restaurant and the woman behind the counter got really excited for some reason. Happens a lot. I'm just kidding. But she said, are you the guy who preached a sermon about this cat with one eye and a dog with one eye, which was a true story, by the way. And I said, yes, I am. But that was like 10 years ago. Turned out she went to Faith Academy 10 years ago. And I preached this crazy sermon in chapel. And she said, I've always, literally, this is what she said. She said, I've dreamed of the day that I get to meet you and remind you of this story. And then she sat there and talked about whatever. And then the girl behind the counter turned around and started talking to, she went to Faith Academy apparently also, and she started talking. They bring my food out and they're talking some more. But you know what? I didn't know them before I walked in. And sometimes we, we want to be like Peter and we just be like, hopefully nobody knows my name here. Hopefully nobody remembers me. Hopefully nobody's heard my sermons before. I just want to blend in, you know, get, get my food and eat and go on, right? The other day I was with Ron, which is the, the start of a lot of really bad stories. But the other day, <laughs> true story. The other day I was, with, I was with Ron again, and we walk into Dollar General. I don't even know where we were, somewhere that way a long ways near Pascagoula and this lady walks in and we start talking and I don't know this lady but apparently you know this lady or whatever and then another lady walks in with two two ladies walk in behind her and one of those ladies reach up and grab that lady that we're talking grab her by the rear end just kind of got a handful there and we were like what's going on here and it turns out they were sisters, you know, and she's like, you know, I got to I got to keep tabs on my sister. I said, you know, ain't nothing wrong with keeping touch with your sister. <laughs> Glad you got that. <laughs> but the first lady looks at the second lady. She said, these are the men who helped Miss Jeannie Bell. Yeah. I didn't even know where we were or who these ladies were or anything. You see, the thing is. You're going to be at work one day, and somebody's going to ask you out of the blue, where do you go to church? And you're going to start telling them, well, I go to this little church up in Hurley, Mississippi. And they're going, you go to that church? And then there's going to be an expectation of who you are based on what God is doing through you. They're going to find out who you are. They're going to find out who you believe in. They're going to find out who you've been baptized in the name of. And you're going to need courage on that day. And you know, a lot of us have courage. But just because you have it doesn't mean you can't pray for even more of it. So thank you so much this morning, Bill. By the way, amen. The ladies' conference this weekend was called what? Bold. Bold. And then you get up here and preach about courage. When God does that, it's because he's preparing the people for what's coming. It's sort of like patience. You don't want to pray for it because you don't know what's going to produce that patience. A lot of us are intimidated to ask for courage because we, we don't know why we're going to need that courage or we don't need that boldness.
But if God has confirmed it twice this weekend, I think he's raising his church up and we might need a little courage on the, on the next couple of weeks. Amen. So thank you, Bill, again. I'm going to pray over us. And then I'm going to, have, I'm going to meet Bill right back here. And look, we're going to meet, I mean, we're going to bless his ministry. One of the elders is going to stand back here with one of the offering buckets. And if you want to bless their ministry over there, they have a lot of amazing stuff going on. And I'm always impressed by missionaries because they're, the, the mat, yeah, rock, yeah, rock stars to me because a pastor over here, man, I, I feel like we have a lot going on, but you hear a missionary and they're doing it all. They're doing it all. So we're going to bless them on the way out. Let's pray. God, we love you this morning. We bless you. We love you. Lord, we want to say thank you. Thank you that you would look at a people and you would remind us to prepare ourselves for where you're taking us. To prepare ourselves to, for the people who will know our name and know the name of our God. And then we're going to have some questions for the people in the store that you don't know them, but they're watching you and saying, is this person real? Is this person really who they say that they said they were from the stage? The people that will never walk up to us, but they know our name. Jesus, we pray that you are lifted high. We pray that our testimony and the way we live is the same testimony and the way that we proclaim. Lord, may we prepare ourselves. May we encourage ourselves. May we run to you and ask for more courage or boldness or love or guidance or peace or mercy or whatever it is, Lord, that we're going to need. We love you, Jesus. We love you. Lord, may your church expand outside the walls of the church. May the understanding about who Jesus is expand when we leave this place. We love you. We love you. Lord, thank you so much for pastors Bill and Julie this morning and their heart and their precious spirit in this house. Lord, thank you that we get to be brothers and sisters with these amazing people. We love you, Jesus. Thank you so much. Thanks again for listening to our audio podcast. If you would like to find out more about our church, you can visit us at life-church.org. 